no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Welcome back, welcome back. This is episode 39 of the 40 Yard Switch. As always, uh, I'm I'm Woodson and alongside me in the in the in the virtual booth. Uh we'll be. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, it's your boy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's your boy. But yeah, we're back again. Uh another week on Zoom. And yeah, there's been plenty more. Oh, the, the, another round of Premier League over the weekend, and lots to talk about. And the return of the Champions League uh, tonight, my time. Uh, tomorrow morning, your time, Uber. So let's yeah, let's get underway. So the first thing we want to talk about, really, with regards to the Premier League, is that uh, United and Spurs uh, continuing to continuing their downward trend, if you will. Uh, their Things are really not improving at the moment. No, no, not not at all. I think um, like we, we touched on a bit last week that you know m- maybe Conte didn't quite have the um, January transfer window that he would have hoped for, and um, I mean things definitely haven't got better in last week. But I I, I would say on on Spurs, um, Wolves are, are a very good team, but. At the same time, Tottenham just defensively looked pretty useless, which is not very typical of an Antonio Conte team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just stuff. Uh, I'll get more into what I thought about Spurs defending, which uh, shambolic was one word I, w- I would use for it. But um, firstly, just to touch on a, on a, on a team we, we, we usually love to talk about, which is United. Uh, so they lost three two against Southampton. Um, no, sorry, they lost. They drew. They lost to Middlesbrough. One drew one all against Burnley, and then uh, drew one all again against <clears throat> Southampton. Uh, Burnley and Southampton games both were one nil up in the first half, and then just seemed to let it slip. Uh, the Southampton game, though, that while they did go ahead in the first half, they never, for me, never really seemed to be. In like they had a few chances in the in the um across the whole game, but never really seemed to be in control of the game. And actually, Southampton played really nice football multiple times, and with better finishing, probably should have won that game. Yeah, at least off my viewing. How do you see it? Yeah, I th- I think again that they were definitely better in the first half than they were in, in the second half, and. They, they had a few chances in the first half that they probably could have scored as well um, and gone up. But again, it's, it's, it's a case of, and like most, most teams in the league will think it, you know, if, if you just stay in it, that there's a, there's a point at which, you know, they're just going to start bottling it and you'll get a heap of chances. And if, if, if De Gea doesn't save, if De Gea doesn't pull off a man of the match performance, then you're likely to take some points away from the game. Um, yeah, it's it, it. It doesn't seem like a very happy dressing room to, to be in right now. No, it doesn't. And it's just it's like on the dressing room. It's like it's 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 becoming more and more apparent uh, to me and probably to a lot of people that like it. 
no matter what coach you've got in there at the moment, it doesn't, I think it's, it's, it's more a reflection United's performance on the player group and the dressing room, like you said. And then, like there's, there seems to be when they're playing a lack of effort, there seems to be a lack of organization. And these are two things that Ralph Rangnick's um, teams are not known for displaying. They're supposed to be high energy, high pressing teams that are very organized defensively. And while United's defensive record has improved a little, proved a little bit under uh, Rangnick, there's still like major lack of effort problems and like you see for the Southampton goal uh and or even just throughout the throughout the game in the Southampton game just attacking players not getting back you've got Bruno and uh Pogba way too further forward and McTominay isolated on his own in front of the back four and it's just a reoccurring theme almost every game that there's just not a lot of defensive effort going into these games and I just like what what like what do you think they can really do to fix this? Because like it like it, it surely it has to just be on the players to galvanize themselves at some point. Yeah, I still I mean I I think it is is always coming back to something that that we've spoken about quite a lot that they they need sort of like a big they they need to build that spine of their team. I think there's there's a lot to say about the effort of players, but. At the same time, there's there's been periods in the Southampton game, the Burnley game, and certainly in the Middlesbrough game where they were just like completely dominant. So so when they're attacking and that's flowing, that's good, but they just don't know how to manage a game. And I think it comes down to the fact that, you know, there's no recognized six, there's no recognized center half, like so sort of what 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 you've seen change it at, at Newcastle in the last few weeks is they've got those they've got you know Dan Byrne come in obviously Chris Wood is a striker but he's a big body and sort of just can slow down the game um and and just control it a bit more and they just don't have players who can who can help them manage situations in which they start to start to cop um cop a little bit of pressure you say there's more sort of like a, a, a captain type as well. Like obviously Harry Maguire is captain, but like with everything that's happened to him and his, you know, uh, sort of low of form and probably running pretty low on confidence. Do you think they lack that figure, whether it be at center back or in the middle of the park or anywhere that's just like, all right, what are we doing guys? Like, let's like, you know, let's get into a shape. Let's knuckle down 10, 15 minutes. There just doesn't seem to be that leadership body in there. Yeah, a hundred percent, and and yeah, it's, it's it's like yeah, I reckon you've got it right there, and it's it's not just on the pitch when they need to sort of manage those situations. It's also off the pitch. Like it's very clear that the whole dressing room is a little bit all over the place. There's leaks coming out about you know talking essentially shit about about their you know their main coach. Um, <clears throat> it's just yeah, that they need a few more experienced cooler heads in in the group and they just don't have it at the moment and, yeah. I, and i suppose like it does come down a little bit to ralph ragnick at the same time and you know and then you can say it's the board as well <laughs> but i don't know there's yeah they're, the they're definitely they're, yeah well they're definitely lacking leadership in, in in all aspects of the club and first team squad everything yeah and yeah. I, I think that like 
the, the worrying thing for me, if I was a United fan, is that like obviously, like it's I don't see a situation where they're gonna and where they're going to sack Ralph Ranick or even if sacking him would do anything really before the end of the season. So there is a very big possibility that things are just going to continue on this trend for a few games. And obviously they have two games in hand, this or one game in hand and then the game on the weekend. So they've got Brighton and then Leeds. Now, earlier in the season, obviously they smashed Leeds, but Leeds are, of, Leeds are a team that can be bad one week and then look amazing another week. And obviously Brighton are a very good, strong team. So you would think they could win at least one of those games, but the way United have played over the last three games, they've played in losing to a championship team on, on penalties, uh, drawing against the last, the the dead last team in the league and then, and drawing against admittedly a very good Southampton team. So you've got Brighton who are as good, if not better than Southampton and then Leeds who are again, another relegation scrapping team. Yeah, both who probably who, who probably have a sort of a, a dressing room and a team that is together and wants to win and wants to do their best. How do I'm struggling to form this into a good question, but um, how do you think United can get their season back on track against these two teams? Because it's it's not going to be easy and if they keep phoning it in for half for, for, for half of a game, like they have for the last three, they could really slip up here. Yeah. And I think, well, the last, the last three games, like dropping, dropping four points in the premier league when they're pushing for that champions league spot and not getting knocked out of the FA cup when, you know, they've, they've got a squad that should be able to go all the, all the way in that competition. I think they've, they've already messed it up pretty bad. Um, and it's going to take someone, someone in the squad sort of stepping up and being that more mature head, but I, I don't see where it's going to come from. And I think, yeah, it's Brighton's going to be really tough and that probably be a dampener on them going into Leeds. And then they've got the first leg of a, of a champions league round of 16. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just going to get harder, but I, I think one thing I would say is that, you know, the round of 16 clash, I think they've got a sniff there against Atletico. I think Atletico have looked maybe a little bit shaky in the last few weeks. Well, I at least saw that they lost to Barcelona. And if you're going to get up for something, surely it's it's the Champions League. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that could be. No, no. I'm. How do you see them getting out of it? I <laughs> uh, say, so well, uh, the Champions League, I agree, because uh, Atletico are faltering. Um but yeah, uh, so I can see them maybe like getting up for that game. But personally, like I, if I was a United fan, I would be really worried that they're going to pick up one or no points against Brighton and Leeds. Like, and I know that's like, you know, people would just be like, oh, you're just a United hater or whatever, you know. <laughs> But like seriously, it's partly true. <laughs> yeah, it is partly true. But seriously, like looking, looking, looking at it on base value, I, I, the way they're playing right now gives me no reason to believe that they'd beat Brighton, like none at all. And then, like, it just depends on the day what Leeds shows up. If the Leeds that played against Villa shows up, they could struggle in that game. If the Leeds that shows, if the Leeds, if an, if a different team shows up, they could, they could easily win that game. 
So realistically, you you you'd, you'd think they'd get three points at least from those from those two games. Uh, and and that, that, that and like, that's probably what I'd say will happen too. I reckon, I reckon they'll they'll lose to Brighton and then it'll be like, okay, come on, this is ridiculous now, and then they'll beat Leeds. But that's not really good enough as well, to be honest, for, for the situation they're in in the ladder at the moment. How do you see it going? Yeah. I can. I think I think the best possible scenario for tomorrow would be a draw at Brighton. At, at Brighton, I reckon I reckon they can beat Leeds though. Leeds is Leeds is struggling at the moment. Like they played they played well against Aston Villa, and like we'll get on to Everton, but yeah. Everton were very good um, <laughs> for once. But yeah, that th- they are missing a few. Pl- I mean, they're still missing Bamford. And actually, is he injured? I think he's been injured for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And they're still missing Calvin Phillips. Dan James can have a good game like he did against Aston Villa, but he's very, you know, very inconsistent. So, yeah, I, I, I reckon they can take three points from Leeds. And if they can get a point at Brighton tomorrow, then that's a half decent. It's return. not all doom and gloom. And uh, we'll get we'll, we'll get on to their champ. We'll get on to the, a better, more a better Champions League prediction for them for their game against Atletico when we uh, do those later on in the episode. But uh, moving on now to Spurs, who, are, in my opinion, are actually in a worse position than United. Would you agree? Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I think yeah, it uh, yeah I I can see United turning it around a lot quicker than than Tottenham for sure. I can see United turning it around because unlike Spurs, they've actually got a squad full of mostly competent players. Whereas if anything, like I know we touched on it before, Wolves are a good team, but if I watching that game on the weekend, Spurs versus Wolves, like Spurs are a good team, but the way Tottenham defended for both of those goals and for large parts of the game, any team would have run all over them. Like it was, I've got calamitous is the key word I've got here in my notes <laughs> defending. Um, and like, not just one player, like Loris Sanchez Davies, all terrible, like all really bad. Like, yeah. like we've touched on them. You touched on them before in the past. Christian Romero is the only good defender they've got at the moment. Um, and like, it's like with those players, like, I think Dyer, even though I don't like, I don't rate Dyer, he seems to be apart from Romero, the only other half competent, defender and with these players playing like it's it's not going to get any better anytime soon no, no matter how well Conte can manage yeah it's it, it is interesting because there was that little like uh, after Conte took over th- there was that little spell where they were decent and I suppose that's a common thing with, with, when managers take over but now it, it really is hard to see again after a January transfer window where things didn't go as planned for Antonio Conte, it's very hard to see where, how they're going to improve. Like, yeah, as you said, I think Loris had a bad game and he, and he made that mistake for the, for the Jimenez goal. Um, but also for but the other then, goal as yeah. well with the, with the pass. Oh yeah, true. That's right. And then it was was it Davies clearance? Yeah, Davies like clearance. Horrible pass puts, to that puts Davies under the pump, and then instead of just booting, oh, that's him out, right. Yeah, he passed the ball behind him. Yeah, yeah and then Davies just k- kicks it straight to a Wolves player, and I'm just like, what is going on here? Yeah, I think yeah, I I would say that Larissa is is a is a good keeper, and he had a bad day, but 
yeah, um, Davison Sanchez was terrible. Ben Davies was terrible. And yeah, I mean, uh, w- w- we saw a little bit of uh, Kulisevsky. He-, he missed a chance that he probably should have scored. And he was ben the only Tuchel player that played... looked half decent for Spurs, I thought, yeah. in that game. But Ben Tucker just... played one through ball that I saw was was decent, but yeah, it's yeah. not not, not the But also good. like like Mike we've touched on in, in before in the past, apart from Hoyberg, they've got really no one in the middle of the park either. And like it's just becoming more and more apparent that like any half decent team, Hoyberg's not enough to hold that midfield together. So then you've got every team that's can play a bit uh running all over their midfield, which then puts more pressure on an already really weak defense. It's just screaming for a massive squad overhaul. Like you need to get rid of like four or five players in that who are currently starting in that team and invest in replacements for those positions. But like it's just not a thing that you can see Spurs doing. Like they like it, like I will give them credit. They are unlu- uh, they are unlucky in one aspect is they spent all this money on the stadium and then immediately COVID hit, so they couldn't have fans in the stadium, which could have brought in a lot more money to potentially spend on uh, transfers. But at the same time, like this is like the, the like, there's only so much sympathy you can have for them when they're putting in performances like they put in against Wolves. Yeah, yeah, it, it it was definitely a particularly bad, yeah, a particularly bad performance. And I think something about the squad is you you just look at it and like it couldn't be further from what you think Antonio Conte needs. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah save for the forwards like there's no you know like tenacious up and down wing backs there's no big center backs who can essentially defend with three and and, and the midfield like, like you just said is 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 not there either so i don't know he, he he is he is a great manager though and they've got a few they've got a few games in hand so i don't know he's he's a great manager but like we did say when he was signed he's, he's a great manager but this is easily the toughest task he's had he usually gets dropped into situations where it's a really good team and all they needed was a good manager he never really has to rebuild anything this is a rebuild project like like i know spurs are kind of just like trying to slap tape on a sinking ship that you know made the champions league final three years ago or whatever it was but this this is this this is pretty much rebuild time for spurs like if i was spurs i'd be like all right We've got a good manager now, at least, and we've got a couple pieces we can make a good team out of. But apart from that, we need to pretty much blow it up and start building again. Yeah. Do you think um, Harry Kane stays now? Nah. I, I guess I, th- I think the best interest for both parties is to sell him, get as much money as you can for him this this summer transfer window, because it's going to be less already than you would have got for him last window. They missed the trick not getting rid of him. Yeah. And use that money on the rebuild because. Like keeping him there is just gonna tie up funds that you could spend elsewhere. And he's and he's like call him unprofessional or not, with like, you know, he doesn't seem to be putting in as good a shift every week. Like he's still scoring a few goals, but doesn't seem to be putting in as good a shift every like week in, week out as he used to. But like it's happening now. So you've just got to cut your losses if 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 you're Tottenham. Yeah. I just don't know who the who the suitor is. I mean, like, I don't think City potentially have an appetite for it now, given they've got the young. Well, given it everything's worked so well, and they've got the young Argentinian forward coming in. Like Real Madrid, I think have already said to Haaland that they can't really like afford to sign him 
this window. So that's probably where their interest lies. So mm. I don't know. I, I, I don't see where he'd go, but I do agree that Tottenham should have got rid of him last window. And so we go to uh, Bayern. Lewandowski's not getting any younger. Just, I'm just imagining him trying to speak German. <laughs> I mean, Spanish will probably be harder for him, but um, obviously. Me casa su casa. I don't know. Um, so they've got City this weekend. Um, things are obviously going to get worse before they get better, you'd think. Yeah, yeah. City just... Just don't even look close to losing. They're just so good. Can't see it going any other way. Yeah. So give me, give me, give me, give me a prediction for that game. A prediction. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's it's um at the Etihad as well. Um, I, I I would say if it's at the Etihad, then I'd go three one. Three one. Yeah. I just think because City will dominate the ball so much, there will be a chance for a counter-attack and they've got, you know, the Lucas and Son and Kane, but True. they'll be dominated. What, um, what have you got for it? I don't think, I don't see him scoring. Um, I think last time we, we predicted this game, oh no, I don't think it was against City, but I reckon last time we, we predicted Spurs going up against a, a top uh, three team. We were like, they're going to lose 3-1 or 4-1 and they lost 3-0. And I reckon this will be a similar thing. Um, I reckon Conte will try and instill some sort of defensive solidity in them, but the, the City will just break them down. And also, City have been far and away the best defensive team in the league this season. Um, I'm going 3-0. I don't think Spurs will score. Um, I think they might come close once or twice, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I don't know. I mean, it was a. I think the other thing is that Wolves was a very bad performance, so there could be a bit of a bounce back. But they they also could just bottle it again. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's 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 a worrying trend, you know. You're up two one against that Southampton, ship five goal, ship two goals in five minutes, sorry, and then you just never really looked in it against Wolves. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Anyway, let's move on to a more positive topic, Everton. Uh, what a statement that game was! Uh, I know it's only one game, and they did lose the the one the one the the, the round prior, but uh, every, the lot lot of good things to like about that performance. Not and from more than just like a players playing well perspective, it was like a there was a sort of a level of effort around this around the from everyone as the team as a collective, and there was also like an energy I could sense in the stadium watching the game that I haven't really felt in a while. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Goodison was definitely uh, rocking, <laughs> and um, I mean, yeah, it was it was kind of the, the the sort of intensity and feeling around the stadium that I, I was kind of expecting for when Duncan Ferguson took over for the game against Aston Villa, but that, that didn't quite materialize. But but yeah, it was just we were just first to to, to every ball, every 50-50 ball, and that was yeah that 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 was that was the game essentially. And like it was literally every player. Like, um, I think Alex Awobi was almost best on ground, even though he didn't necessarily. Yeah, I I saw some of that. Score or assist, but he was yeah he was like killing it, killing it. Um, 
and he, you know, he he got a yellow card for you know, <laughs> like going in too hard on a fifty-fifty, but. You, you just love to see it. Yeah, you do. Hey, I saw comments on Reddit like Alex Iwobino and stuff. <laughs> no, he he killed it. But like that was the thing. It, it, it wasn't what he usually does well. Um, it was just very, very hard of the ball. And obviously, Vanderbeek was 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 very good too. Alan, yeah, that was, was going to be the next point. Vanderbeek looked class. Yeah. He 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 did he did look very very good, but yeah, even even players like Mason Holgate like looked really really solid. Um, you think it was a case of Leeds were just not very good as well today. Um, I I honestly don't think so. I mean, I, I might be a little bit biased, <laughs> but I, we just took the game to them so much that I think it was going to be going to be very hard, you know, with the with the. Atmospheric Goodison taken into account as well. No, that, but, that's what that, that's yeah. no, that, that's what I was thinking too. I just I just wanted to see what you uh, thought of that. Uh, but yeah, for me, like the the effort was the the first thing that jumped out at me. Secondly, was um, Van der Beek's performance. Uh, I I know he like he probably wouldn't be everyone's first for man of the match, but like he led a bunch of statistics like tackles, uh, passes completed, about a couple of other things, and. Just looked like like you just a player that you can always give the ball under pressure and you know he's not going to lose it. Just has that sense of calm about him, and also just showed a physicality to like put in tackles and you know be and you know put his body about. That just makes me baffled that he couldn't get a game in the United midfield. Like yeah, like is it just see, it looks like a midfield looked like a midfielder that United's been crying out for all season. So, yeah, that 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 is the thing that definitely was was baffling. And yeah, he he, he essentially created the first goal, um, like the assist of the assist. And yeah, I, I I reckon he definitely was a candidate for man of the match. Like like you said, he he led on most um, stats and and dominated the game. But yeah, it's just bizarre. What? what how did he not get a game? And like, also bizarre that like, in, when he ever he did get a game, he got a job. At, he he was played it as a number ten, and it's like so evidently clear from the few games he's played for Everton that he is a box to box midfielder. Like, yeah. he's a he's a deeper. He's better in a deeper role where he can just be everywhere, all over the pitch. One one thing I would say on the United comparison is United don't have Allen. <laughs> yeah, true. Like. Alan was no. Nah, Alan was Alan also played very 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 well as as he always does, and and that certainly would have would have freed up Donny a little bit. True, but, but by yeah. the same token, it's like you like they played with Bruno McTominay and Pogba in the game against um, Southampton, and like obviously they had a lot of ha, ha, those. The, top, the Bruno Pogba were out of position a fair bit throughout that game. If you had Van der Beek next to McTominay and then just a Pogba or a Bruno floating a little bit ahead of them, would that not be like even a little bit better than like, I know it's not, he's not Alan McTominay, but surely that would be a little bit more organized than. Yeah. I think of all the pieces, you know, if, if Donny Van der Beek was still at United, that, that would probably be the best Best system. That's yeah, especially. I mean, it's it's clear at this point that Pogba shouldn't be playing in centre midfield because he doesn't have the work rate. Yeah, yeah. 
so yeah, uh, in terms of uh, where Everton goes from here, uh, game versus Southampton on the weekend. Another team that's rolling, obviously, with wins and, uh, and a draw against Spurs and United, respectively. Uh, a tough test, uh, and we and against I, I guess this uh, if if you go out and put in another good performance here, you could really s- sort of start to see the things are turning around and feel a little bit safer about the potential idea of relegation. Will Yeah, well, I'm I'm looking up now, <laughs> and um and we are seven points off them with two games in hand, so a win, um. Would would be good. <laughs> but, uh, how I mean, do you see it going though. I see, I see Everton winning. <laughs> Love that. Let's say, um, it's it's going to be a very close game and like a, like a, a a very good game too. I'm, I'll say two two one. How I'm, do you see it um, going? I I'm I agree with you that I think this is a chance for Everton to. Do something because I think Southampton have to come back down to earth at some point. Like they're absolutely have have had a monster week, going away to Tottenham and away to United and getting four points. I think this would be a game where maybe they're just not all quite firing on all cylinders. Um, and I think, yeah, I think I I can see this game ending like one nil. Just like it's a bit, it's a bit. It's a bit scrappy. Uh, it's, a, it's just a high effort, high energy game from Everton and Southampton try to match it and maybe can't just quite keep the same level they've been at for the past week. And then Everton nab a goal and then it's just sort of a very sort of cagey affair after that. Yeah, I can I can see it going like that as well because it's probably not going to be the same energy that we saw um, on, on Saturday at Goodison because, yeah, it's an away game. But I, I, th- I think we've got a little better quality than them, and we're playing with a bit more confidence now. So, yeah, yeah, but yeah, a win would be win would be good, and the toffees and the toffees keep on rolling up the table. All right, yeah, so it. the the blockbuster part of our episode now, we have got the Champions League round of sixteen predictions. The UEFA Champions League is back as of tonight, Tuesday, um, UK time. Obviously, uh, morning Wednesday. Australian time and we've got quite a few games to get through and uh, predict, I guess, it, I guess it were starting with, we'll start at the top of the draw with sporting Lisbon versus man city. So uh, everyone knows how good city are doing at the moment. Uh, what, like I think something like nine points or eight, eight points uh, clear at the top of the league. Um, I think it's nine points actually, uh, and Sporting are four six points interestingly behind league leaders Porto, despite the fact that Porto are actually currently out of the Champions League because they got the unlucky uh, draw of being in a Champions League group with Liverpool and Atletico Madrid. Um, I mean, I've Sporting have uh, lost to City pretty badly in the group stage in previous past years Champions Leagues. Uh, I don't really see it going any other different way. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think on paper there's only one result. S- second in the Portuguese league versus nine points clear in, in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, who knows? Who 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 knows in the in the city away leg? Yeah, but yeah, pretty yeah, confidently we probably know. Yeah, pretty confidently say that. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> 
City probably wins this one, two or three one, I'd say. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go three nil. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. On record. Uh, okay. In into a uh, much more closer game, we've got PSG versus Real Madrid. Obviously, PSG are absolutely steamrolling League One. No surprises to anyone there. Thirteen points clear at the top. Uh, no losses in their last five. But then also Real Madrid are uh, four points clear at the top of La Liga. Uh, did have I think have lost their most recent game, but uh, yeah, also rolling and also doing very well. This is a tricky one. Yeah, to, to, to be honest, it, it's sort of at the point where where I've where I start learning a little bit more about how these big European clubs are doing this season with with the later stages of the Champions League. Um, but I think I think probably PSG have have the better team and squad, and I think you know Real Madrid are in a semi rebuilding phase at the moment. So I'd, I'd probably say PSG got the yeah, and also like everyone's been talking about how Messi's only scored two goals and had a handful of assists in the league this year, but in the Champions League he was very good, and he tends to turn it on in the Champions League a fair bit. Um. Yeah, and against Madrid too. Yeah, against Madrid too. I really can see this this being a game where he uh shake break takes breaks the shackles off a little bit and goes, "You guys kind of forgot about me for a couple of months. I'm I'm still here," and makes a bit of a statement. Yeah. Um, I can see PSG winning this one, two one maybe. Yeah, I, I was going to say 3-1, but I th- I'll give Madrid a, a bit of credit. They're top of the league for a reason, so I'm going to say 2-1. 2-1. So that, that f- first leg? Or first leg, yeah. The whole thing. First Not the whole leg. thing, no. Um, yeah, I'll say I'll say 2-0. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that, I, I, I can definitely see that Messi sort of coming out, having a big, having a big tie. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and then next we've got uh, Red Bull Salzburg versus Bayern Munich. Um, <laughs> there's like I don't even need to you know tell tell anyone where Red Bull like Red Bull Salzburg are obviously doing well in the Austrian league, but it's Bayern Munich we're talking about here. So battle of the Bundesliga. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, yeah, yeah, it's. It's, it's, it's got to be Bayern Munich. Yeah, and like I don't think it's going to be overly close either. Probably like three or four nil, I, I would say. Like uh, like Red Bull Salzburg did well to get this far, but like Bayern Munich is a very different beast. Yeah, I'd say I'd say one or two nil. I think just because the first one is in Salzburg. So true, true. Sake sake of variety in the predictions. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. We probably do need to disagree a little bit more, don't we? Uh, next on the cards is the is Liverpool versus Inter Milan. Uh, Inter Milan and Liverpool are both second in their respective leagues, although Inter is only one point behind league leaders AC. Um, and obviously Liverpool are nine points behind City, despite playing very well at the moment. Um, the, the, this, this, this home leg could be interesting. I feel like, uh, sorry, home leg for Inter could be interesting. I think this is like, I, I would back Liverpool to win the return one, but this home leg I could definitely see being a draw. I don't really think, I don't think, the way Liverpool are rolling at the moment, I don't see them losing it, but I can see 
them drawing this game. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree. You have to agree? <laughs> I well, think... Give, I, give, I, give, I, us, give, give us your score then. <laughs> I definitely think Inter have, have a sniff. Like, you know, maybe potentially Salah isn't, isn't in the best form at the moment with a bit of a, a AFCON sort of hangover. Yeah, but I would still say one all. One all. I was going to go two it's, all. The, so the, there's, like, a, there's a difference. <laughs> I think I think it'll be relatively low scoring. You know, it's the first leg of a um, round of sixteen Champions League game, so and Inter will probably be expecting to be having to to, to defend a lot. So true, yeah, very true. All right, next on the card we have. Uh, oh, this is these are actually next. These are actually next week, but uh, we've got Chelsea versus Lille. Um, yeah, I think. I think Lil really not not doing well in the French league this year, right? No, they're tenth currently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, not, not looking not good not signs. Good for them. They are yeah, tenth, uh twenty-four points behind league leaders Paris Saint-Germain. Um, really struggling from losing some of their players after winning the league last year. Uh and Chelsea fresh off winning the somewhat meaningless trophy, the Club World Cup, but still on a high. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they they had in the run up to that looked a little bit wobbly. I think that we've spoken about that in the last few episodes. But yeah, probably a big confidence booster and and big Rom has been back on the score sheet uh, in the Club World Cup semifinals and uh, final. So he could be showing showing signs of turning a corner. Which if he has, it's bad news for Lil. Um, I'm not actually sure if he'd start because he hasn't seemed to be starting Premier League games. So you'd assume they'd put their stronger side forward which might not include him yet but yeah uh like even if even with Chelsea's struggles um I don't Lil Lil are just one of those Lil is like that you know thing in that like person in a photo who are just like what's that person doing there like they just don't look like they belong in the Champions League knockout rounds yeah no not at all I think yeah, I was watching the highlights of uh, PSG versus, versus Lille the other week, and yeah, they they got slapped pretty bad. Yeah, was that five 0 um, that game? Uh, I think four one. Four one. Yeah. That okay. guy, that guy who Newcastle were linked with, scored Sven Sven Botman. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Chelsea, That's... Chelsea, Chelsea win it. I think. Yeah, maybe probably. And two nil. I'm gonna go three. I reckon. It's gonna be three and three nil. I reckon it's gonna be very sort of like yeah, Chelsea make the Champions League holders making a statement type of thing. Yeah, but then we've got sorry, uh, we've got Villarreal versus Juventus. Now, you you would think Both. Juventus would do well here, uh, and the Villarreal good evenings would struggle. But Juventus aren't too crash hot at the moment. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think Villarreal are having an, an incredible season. Obviously, they're in the Champions League because they won the Europa League. Yeah. So that's that's correct. Yeah, they're yeah. currently seventh. In the um, yeah. It's 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 not ideal, but I I think they definitely do have a have a sniff and I'm just gonna go ahead and pick it pick an upset here. Oh yeah. <laughs> they just signed um I, I 
I, I saw that they they have Serge Aurier, which is you know not, not a big green tick in their in, in their favor, but they did just sign on loan uh, Giov- Giovanni Lasalso. Oh, he, true. He, he seems like the type of player who, who who could do something, you know, for one game. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. let's say two one. Two one. Okay. Uh, I'm, this is where I can go. Uh, just I, I can differ in opinion from you. Um, I think Juventus is still going to win this game. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, two one the other way to Juventus. Oh my god! Yeah, no, controversial. <laughs> um, next game we've got uh, Benfica versus Ajax. Benfica are currently third in the Liga Nos. Oh no, sorry, not Liga Nos. The Premier, the Premier Liga. Liga Nos is the Mexican league, I think. Anyway, um, but yeah, they're ten points behind Liga is Porto, four points behind second place Sporting. Uh, obviously, got into the knockout stages for famously uh, up upstaging Barcelona. Uh, but they're coming up against a shit hot Ajax team. Um, Ajax are uh, five points clear at the top of the Eredivisie. Absolutely steamrolled through their group stage, beating like the likes of Dortmund convincing. I think they beat Dortmund four or five nil in one of the games. So, yeah. Uh, um, and with Sebastian Allaire equaling Ronaldo's record for goals in a group stage, um, my money's on Ajax here. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, they've definitely got it. A lot of players who, who were enjoying the Champions League this season and a, a very good manager. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Ajax and I'm going to say, I'm going to go first. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to say 1 0. 1 0? 1 0. I'm going to go, I reckon this game could have quite a few goals because I don't, I, I don't think Ajax are the stoutest defending defensively. I'm going to go like 4 2. Four two. Yeah, this, this will be this will be the prediction. exciting game of, of the round, I reckon. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, and then uh, United's game, which we said we'd circle round to eventually. Full circle. Yeah, uh, United versus Atletico Madrid. Now we did say the hint earlier that we think United could pick up pick up something from here because Atletico are currently fifth in the Liga uh, behind Real Madrid, Sevilla, Real Betis, uh, and Barcelona. Or they're equal on points with Barcelona, at least, but um, they're yeah not doing too well. Uh, and obviously, United aren't doing too well either. But like we did say, if United are going to get up for any game, surely it has to be this game. And on paper, there's no contest between the squads, but it's all about can United put that into practice? Yeah, yeah. I'm um, yeah. Like we said before, I'm 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 going to pick United here. Um, what 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 uh, starting eleven and slash formation do you think they would have to like is the best gives them the best chance to win this game because like they've tried a fair few out they've tried the four one four one they've tried the four three three they've tried the four two three one this year and and also the four three three um I think it's I mean I don't think they really have the full backs to play I mean they they they're going to play a back four I don't know. What, what formation are you picking? Um, I would play the four-two-three-one. I know it's a bit difficult to get someone to sit next to McTominay or Fred, 
Um, but I would do it. I would try. I I, I would just try and get someone to sit in there. Uh, but still, like, I, for me, like, I don't know if you go back to McFred or not. But against Atletico, I think I, I think I almost think it could work just because um, they're not they're, they're they're like a counter-attacking team. They're not a team like they're a team that will let you probably have a fair bit of the ball. Um, so I would I would rather have a semblance of two sitting midfielders rather than just McTominay isolated by himself. So yeah, I would have uh, I don't know the same back four they've been playing: Delo, Maguire, Varane, um, Shaw. I'd have probably McFred or um, as the two sitting uh, Bruno in front of them, um, uh, Sancho, Rashford, and Ronaldo. I guess you just pick that that front three picks itself at the moment. But yeah, I would just play the four two three one, try and sit in, um, and just try and control the game as best you can, and take and finish your chances. The biggest thing for United is finishing the chances that they get. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's a good shout. I mean. Yeah, obviously they have to take their chances when they're when they're dominating the game, and maybe Fred uh, and, and McTominay gives them a bit of chances of controlling it when they inevitably don't control the game. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, final 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 score prediction for this one. Uh, I'll say 2-1 to United. 2-1 to United. Uh, and I've got a way to like spice this up. When we come back in uh, next week and or actually, no, I guess in two weeks. Or just, just sort of as it happens. We, we can, can do a two-part review. Two-part review. Um, we should uh, get a little point system uh, for um, uh, predictions. And like nothing, there's nothing really yeah. on the line, but just to see... Just, just so it can maybe, maybe it can maybe right. force us to start giving some um, opposite uh, predictions. I guess, although if we, if we, we could just both get a point each if we uh, pick this, pick the same result and it happens. But yeah, well, what are your thoughts on a, a little point system and we start um, recording who predicted what? Right, I don't. It doesn't like an extra point if you get the score correct, but it's just more, not more, lot like or more or less the the result. Where it goes, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm keen. I'm keen. All right, and then we'll, we'll see. I reckon I've made a few pretty good predictions in the past. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, and just, and also for for the listeners out there, you you get to see, uh, you know, how well we know ball because we'll come back and revisit these predictions. <laughs> no, sounds good. All right, um, <laughs> but with that, uh, that'll wrap us up for another week. Um, very interesting uh, Champions League this over uh, the next few days, and very interesting round of Premier League uh, this weekend. I will be uh, doing some first-hand research this weekend as I go to the Arsenal Brentford game live. That should be interesting. So I'll be able to give you my some really good thoughts on that game. <laughs> yeah. Do you think? Do you think? Um, what's his name? Sorry, uh, Ericsson is in the in the squad for that match. Maybe in the squad, and maybe gets like five ten minutes. But I don't. He's not starting. But you don't, yeah, yeah, definitely not. I don't think you get any more than five ten minutes off the bench. But I mean, hopefully, it'd be really nice to give him a nice reception in the crowd if he comes on. But 
more yeah. importantly, I hope Arsenal get the win. We've got we've got we've got games in hand against all these boys who are dropping points around us. So this this is the higher time to cash in. Yeah, there's a sniff. There is a sniff, and I, and I and I can catch a whiff of top four at the moment. Uh, but anyway, yes, uh, that that that's all happening this weekend and over and during the week, and we'll be back next week to potentially. Uh, Keep your ear to the ground, listeners, because we may have a special guest next week. But you'll have to wait and see about that. Uh, but yeah, uh, follow it's us on to me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> follow us on the Instagram, uh, follow us on the Spotify. And yeah, we'll uh, see you next week.